and welcome to episode 27 of the Brood Sages, Stormbound Players with a Head for the Game. I am Freeloader, and with me tonight is Sibaiku. Sibaiku, how's it going tonight? Fantastic. For those of you who don't know, Arthas has uh, decided to take a step back from uh, both our podcast and the Stormbound community uh, for some personal time. Uh, we won't say much. We will just say that we wish him all the best, and uh, we hope for a speedy return of our teammate back to the podcast. Um, so with that in mind, let's move forward. We are the Brood Sages. Uh, you can always follow us at Brood Sages on Twitter, or for all of you who have ever wanted to take a holiday, ooh yeah, our email address is thebroodsages at gmail.com. Uh, so first up, Sabaiku, uh, uh, the first season of the Heroes League is now in the books. Congrats to real, well, can we, can we say his <laughs> Real and Kwokong. Uh, Real came in first, Kwok came in second. It was neck and neck. Did you follow it all that night? I did. I was keeping an eye on the standings a little bit until I went to sleep at a reasonable hour. I did not. No, you did not. <laughs> you stayed up trying to push into the top 100 until the very last moment. Uh, um, yeah. And I, and, and... <laughs> I got up to number 90. I think I, I quit right at 90. Yeah, at about three hours before the reset happened and decided that was good enough. I'm just going to camp there. And uh, I was happy with that result. I ended up finishing at number 93. Yeah, I was actually um, jumping into the Heroes League leaderboard and checking for you on a regular basis in between matches. Um, the big mistake I made was I logged on at midnight, assuming I had three hours. And it turns out that no, like an hour and 15 minutes early the servers went down for maintenance <laughs> so i was pretty sure i was at like a 77 win 77 uh, win rate that night uh, i was pretty sure i was gonna make it uh i was at 104 in the middle of my last match and, and <laughs> i believe you were tied with the exact number of crowns as number 100 is that correct earlier in the night i was two games oh, okay. prior i was tied with him so I had to queue in again. I lost that game, but then I won the next game, put putting me to 104. And I'm like, okay, one more game and I'm all set. Uh, and then it just stopped in the middle of it. You, you could see it on the stream. My, the look on my face of pure just, <laughs> what? No, no. But we're getting uh, derailed. Uh, all, yeah. All credit to those guys uh, at the top. And we use the guys uh, in a gender neutral kind of way because we don't know. And... Uh, real shit and quack were going back and forth that night. Uh, I believe it came down to one final game that real shit won. And uh, that ended up cementing the top spot for him. So yeah. The, the, congratulations. I, that is a heck of a feat. It, 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 it was a race for the ages getting to watch it. Um, I think, and I'm not a hundred percent sure about this, but I think they actually queued into each other at one point. I believe the final game was against each other. Was that what it was? I I had heard that they'd queued into each other and real won the match. I didn't realize it was the last match they well, played. It might've been the last match that Quack played. He might've <laughs> realized at that point it was, it wasn't going to happen. All right, so moving on from uh, last month's Heroes League to, to this month, um, first thing to talk about, there were some uh, uh, pretty notable uh, uh, nerfs handed out at the end 
of last month or beginning of this month. Uh, how are they working out for you? Mers Ubass, both uh, nerfed. And then I guess Excited Mousers was buffed. Have you seen? Well, let's start with that. Have you seen an Excited Mousers yet? I have not seen any Excited Mousers, and that makes me <laughs> not excited. Mm. Very disappointed by that. I was really hoping that we would end up seeing some experimentation. But resetting the league in Diamond, where people do actually play for crowns, uh, I have to say I'm just seeing less experimentation in general. You know, a little really? bit, a little bit here and there. Um, you know, one C, one Curtis playing his petrified fossil swarm deck, which no. is hilarious and was fantastic. <laughs> uh, other than that, you know, really mostly seems like people playing pretty, pretty optimized stuff. Huh. Okay. So my experience has been different. Uh, I played into Strat, who was running a Harvester of Souls Shadowfen deck and easily one of the most hilarious games I've played on ladder in quite some time. Um, you know, uh, chestnuts is bad, uh, but harvesting a chestnuts is worse at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I saw a very off meta deck from uh, Kodria uh, today, which uh, was a, a, a winter pack, um, like a like a life gain winter pack deck. Something that certainly there has been some of it played, but it's certainly not what I would say is like an HL um uh, uh, meta deck. Now, with that in mind, though, so you are seeing a lot of meta decks. Are you seeing then a ton of Ubis and Mers still seeing play? I will say I am not seeing Mers very frequently. Mm. I am still seeing Ubis pretty regularly. Not Every... as much, not as much as last month by any stretch, okay. uh, but definitely to the point where I think the play rate was not significantly impacted by these changes yeah i can't decide i i i definitely have seen a lot less mers like i've only seen it i think once or twice um strat was running it for example uh but in general i am still seeing ubis i'm not seeing ubis on five as often and i'm wondering if just the boards aren't there for it anymore. Well, you used to be able to set up the board for it with mm -hmm. something like Edric or Toad or Shivana where you're playing or Scrap Planners where you're playing right, exactly a four mana unit that counts as two for, for the number of pings that you get. Um, so it was just guaranteed that you would get a couple of pings off of it. Maybe your opponent has something on the board still, so you end up with three or even four pings on five mana was not uncommon. And now it's much harder to set that up. You're getting one or two pings. Um, I've been still playing Ubis. I've certainly not, not decreased my play rate at all, and it's still doing well. And I'm not dis I'm not disappointed by the change but it definitely does a little bit less when i play it which is you know exactly what we thought would happen yeah uh Joza said that he was expecting something on the order of a 10 to 12 percent reduction in ubas's power or his effect if you will and so you know you think about that that's like a one in you know where you expected 10 pings you only get nine or maybe where you expected nine right. pings you only get eight that seems about right. That seems, that seems about, about that seems about right. You play it twice a game, you get three pings each time instead of instead of three pings the first time and four pings the second time. Right, exactly. It's it's 
definitely noticeable. I'm, I'm not going to say that it's something that you can just uh, step back into the game after taking a couple months off and not not notice. Mm-hmm. But it still feels like a very powerful card. It still feels like a good card. I have no problem running it in my deck. And it causes problems when I see it on my opponent's side of the board. So I guess that that's how you know it's working. Yeah. Um, I mean, all cards on the table. I just leveled it up at the beginning of this month. <laughs> so my play rate of Ubis has shot through the roof. <laughs> um, and I still think it, uh, even with, I, I think it is a less nutty card but it is still one of the best if not the best uh a neutral five drop in the game and you know that just really speaks to what we talked about before the change it's not that ubis is super strong it's that most of your other options are pretty weak sure i i'm not finding ubis as infuriating to see and i don't know if personally it's because well, well now i have him in my deck too or if it's just that the impact that Ubis is having when he hits the board is a little more tolerable. Yeah. But Murs, on the other hand, I oh. have not, I do not play Murs in the first place. My, my Murs is still a baby. It's uh, a level behind almost all of my other legends. And mm. I have never really experimented with it because of that. Um, but I do not see it being played. It still feels great when you get that token, right? Mm-hmm. Zero mana, 10 strength is still real good. But apparently the tempo loss and the positioning loss of having the movement really makes a very big difference. You know, I've seen the chatter on Discord about just how tough it is to play Mers now. And uh, that's certainly being backed up in Diamond by the play rate just plummeting. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. Um, I think if you're playing a deck that's running Hunter's Vengeance, Murz is still a reasonable card to put into that deck. You're basically throwing away everything pre-turn five. You're going to try to play Murz on three or four. You're just going to try to Hunter's Vengeance, clear the board, and hopefully the following time get the tempo back, yeah. right? Um, it's a lot easier in a world without scrapped planners. It is a lot easier in a world without scrapped planners. Um but yeah, I, I have seen it. Uh, I have not been overwhelmed by MERS tokens yet. So um, I think that nerf did exactly what it was set out to be. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the MERS nerf. I don't think it's an unplayable card, but I think it's a specific card you put into a specific deck, not just the, well, I don't have any other three drop to play kind of card. Not even that I don't have any other three drop to play kind of thing, but the ability to high roll, right? Because that's really what MERS was about. Mm, it, it, put, it put a ton of value into your deck. And if you drew MERS early, you you were in really good shape. If you drew the token early, that's just another bonus on top of that, right? Drawing MERS right. early, drawing the token early. Now, all of a sudden... You're you're high rolling, you're getting lucky, and that puts you in a position to snowball the game. And without that without that movement, just playing MERS early isn't as enticing. Now you have to come back anyway. Yeah. Maybe the high roll payoff just isn't quite there. Uh, I don't maybe you you need to be playing a deck that wants to take the game long is maybe how it's played now. 
Yeah, I think that's what it is. Is um, you, I mean, you can't even not not that his primary job was to base lock, uh, but you can't even base lock with him now, right? Like it's just bad. Um, like the most ideal turn is still something. the The other problem is because you need to play Hunter's Vengeance to try to reset the board because it's such a tempo loss now playing Murs on three. A lot of times, I remember getting high rolled by Murs tokens on five by my opponent who's playing Ubes with the Murs token. Yeah. So he gets the Murs token. He gets two shots from my Giovanna. He gets one from the Murs token. He gets one from whatever he had on the board before. Like it's an insane turn. On top of that, he put 20 health on the board on two units. Right. That's not happening anymore. And I think even if you have Murs in your deck, because you get so far behind, you can't afford that Murs a token into Ubis turn on five. It's just, I mean, give it a shot if you want, but you're probably losing that game. So um, let's move on from there. Uh, the next thing that has happened is there's been some adjustments to the matchmaking, right? Um, and uh, just as a reminder to our uh, uh, listeners out there, that change was meant to try to prioritize uh, confusingly in the heroes league, it was meant to try to prioritize people who had similar crown levels as you, which I would have assumed was how it played from the start, but apparently not. Apparently not. Uh, and then everywhere else, it was trying to look at your card levels in your deck, right? Or your base right. health, your card levels in your deck, as well as your position. You know, if you're in platinum two and you're, it would try to find you a position, uh, it would try to find you an opponent in Platinum 2, but now it's also including the card levels as another means of normalizing for your opponent. Um, so if you're playing in Platinum 4 with all level 5 cards, it's going to try to find you someone else with a similarly leveled collection. If you're playing in Platinum 4 with all level 3 cards, it's going to try to find you somewhere, someone uh, that's a better match for you. Uh, so I know like Hanu posted a, a a screenshot of him with his alt account and like all level twos and, and maybe a couple of level threes in his deck. And he was getting like base health 20, all level fives. He's like the new matchmaking is not helping. <laughs> well, Hanu with his alt account with all level ones made it into platinum. Oh, that's right. <laughs> No, he made it into diamond. Into diamond, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and that was abusing a uh, uh, a new bot that um, uh, was discovered in part by Reckless. Uh, he's already alerted to Bejoza for it. They're making an adjustment to it. Um, but I thought this was very clever. He realized there was a new bot that uh, didn't care if you won. If you won, it just no calculations done. They're not paying attention to you because you're winning. You're fine. If you lose... It was then evaluating, uh, and this is his sum, uh, his supposition, by the way. He didn't see the code. This is just testing and trying to work out the behavior. But it seems like if you lost, the system would then look at your uh, card levels in your next queued up game and would try to match you with something similar. And if it couldn't find something similar, you'd get a bot. And so what Reckless was doing was he was playing his normal deck with normal levels he loses a game he just queues in with an all level one deck of course in diamond there isn't anyone playing all level one at the time so he would get a bot which meant that he could prevent a losing streak 
you can win as often as you want. As soon as you lose once, you switch decks, you queue in with a garbage deck that's all level ones, and boom, now, ta-da, uh, you get to play against a bot. Get the win, switch back to your normal deck. In theory, that's great if he's the only one who knows this bot exists. But as soon as the information was shared, what ended up started happening was there were diamond level equals matches being played, (laughs) (laughs) which in and of itself makes me so happy to think about. Now, the problem with that is that most players at diamond don't have a lot of cards at level Mm. one. The ones that they have never leveled are the ones that are terrible. (laughs) Right, exactly. That's the worst part about it is now not only are you playing an equals match, but you're playing an equals match with the worst possible set of 12 cards in your library. It just makes me so happy. I don't know why. <laughs> but you're trying to game the system, and instead, this is what you're left with. <laughs> but with with the abuse of the system aside, uh, I have to say, in, in Diamond, at least so far this month, I have not noticed a ton of change. Um, mm. It did yeah, seem either. harder to find a match earlier in the month. But early in the month also coincided with the 50% brawl. Um, Good right point. when when the brawl Good is point. half off you find fewer people doing ladder and more people doing the brawl um so i did definitely run into more bots than i would have expected at the start of the season when everybody's all you know reset to diamond five from the heroes league um i i just was very surprised by how many bots i was finding sometimes like two or three four games in a row mm. um but that seems to have evened itself out, and I don't know if it's just more people playing now or fewer people playing Brawl or some combination of the two. Yeah, I did run into some bots as well. Even at Diamond 5, I, I was in Diamond 5 and I was running into bots, which is insane because usually you just end up queuing into a, a, a Platinum player. It wasn't happening, but I hadn't thought about the correlation with the uh, uh, discounted Brawl. So good point there. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's hard to judge so early on, and especially with where we are in Diamond, whether or not a matchmaking adjustment is is really impacting us. Because at at this stage, we're queuing into... We're playing level fours and fives, and we're queuing into levels fours and fives. And it's it's not meant for us, for sure. You know, hopefully it's working out a little bit better in platinum and gold and people are finding matches that are a little more palatable, a little easier to stomach. But this is, this is a hard nut to crack. And and, and I'm glad that we're on this subject because I feel like this is a subject that has been coming up in discord a lot uh, lately. Uh, (laughs) Well, always. Yeah. I mean, look, it wasn't that long ago that you and I were base health 12 trying to push through gold right that was about a year ago maybe a little more than a year ago now yep and it hurt running into like like that was now that you mentioned the brawl one of the things that i walked away from this brawl with was wow there's a lot of all level five dwarf decks being played by people in gold (laughs) i queued into three of them base health 20 level five decks i'm like what is going on Um, we ran into those guys and, and, and solving this problem is not an easy problem to solve. I'm glad that they're taking steps. I don't know that this is going to solve it in any sort of like 
holistic, okay, it's finally done and over with, right? Like, right. I, I think there's still more steps to take. Well, look, any system they implement is going to have flaws and hopefully not quite as severe as the uh, bots that let you uh, win a match with all level one cards. But, <laughs> you know, it really most of it comes down, unfortunately, to player incentives. It's the current system. If you are focused on developing your own collection, the current system incentivizes you to stay low outlevel your opponent win your games very easily and quickly so you can get to the gold cap and move on and that's just unfortunately a side effect of progression in this game being tied to card levels and card copies which are hard to come by especially for the higher rarity cards and you need a lot of them because level five going from level four to five even going from level three to level four it just takes a lot of copies and it takes a lot of time to accumulate. And then on top of that, a thousand gold for every upgrade from level four to five. Like that's <sighs> just, it's, it's brutal. Um, you know, the amount of resources that you need to gather in this game are, I don't want to say prohibitive. Uh, that's not the right word, but it sure feels like it is a Onerous. real, a real grind. Yeah, I think onerous is the word. You said that going from three to four is also tough, and I'll agree with that in part. But also when I stop and think about how many months of pure laser-like focus I've put into, I'm leveling up my saber paws, I'm leveling up my chestnuts, I'm leveling mm-hmm. up ubis, right? Like that right there represents about six months worth of work. Two epics and a legendary to five Yeah, um, has been about six months worth of work. For three cards. For three cards. And and if you take all of that time and effort and resource generation that I put into those three cards and said, okay, well, instead, what if you just moved everything from level three to four? The answer is probably my entire library would be level four now. So I don't know that level three to four is actually that onerous. It's just that (laughs) because four to five is so bad and it's so needed for certain cards. I would say level three to four is onerous if you are a more casual player, if you're playing a handful mm. of games a day. Okay. If you're completing okay. your quests and winning a couple games on, on ladder and with a 50% win rate kind of thing, mm-hmm. it, it's basically a whole day just to level up one card from from three to four right just from a gold just from a gold perspective not even ignoring the copies yeah ignoring the cup no that's true right that's true so i mean but but, but in a month's time i should have the whole in the the month's time then the rest of my library should be leveled up no to four well i mean there's a few hundred cards in the game you're talking about a whole year just Mm. to get your whole collection from three to four not even from one to three in the first place well, so so this kind of brings me like there's 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 a lot of things going through my head right now about the game. Um, but I feel like the overall player experience for the vast majority of players based on, you know, we hear from a vocal minority, you know, because we, we check in on Reddit, we listen to Discord. This is who we use for getting feedback about where the state of the game is, aside from our own personal experiences. My personal experience right now, by the way, is I'm very happy with it. But it took you 15 months to get there. 
Yes, no doubt, no doubt. It took me 15 months, and, and cards on the table, it took me over $100. I've now put in over $100 into this game. Not to mention how much you put into that fancy microphone. <sighs> right? Isn't it gorgeous? Um, I love the game. Uh, uh, the, the first month of the heroes league, I, I, you know, just, just to kind of, one of the things that we had talked about that was a concern was mobility. Um, uh, we should, I just want to give a quick little note about mobility because we talked about whether or not it was possible. I was ranked 239 when I gave up on that, uh, midwinter, uh, mid range winter deck. Uh, I ran from there to one Oh four in, uh, 72 games. So, you know, you think about just, well, how much time did that take? Well, you know, it was three nights of streaming for me, but, f you know, that's a good amount of mobility. I thought that that was solid. I was very competitive with a non-legendary deck in the Heroes League, uh, 50 and 22 with a non-legendary Shadowfen Rush deck. Um, I was abysmal with the Midwinter deck, 24 and 45. Um, but I felt like, I feel like overall the game is currently uh playable at exceedingly high level uh, uh without needing level five legendaries granted you are boxed into very few decks right and that's but, what i was gonna say but it's it, there it limits your options yes and 100 you know my my approach to this game has always been i just kind of want to get everything to level four so i can play whatever i want and it's pretty viable it's mm -hmm. i'm not hitting the top 10 in the heroes league with an all level four deck no. but at least i can try it out and have some fun with it and you know certain cards are much better at level five than they are at level four for some cards it doesn't make much of a difference so you know you focus on the ones where there's a power spike going from four to five and that that's enough for you to enjoy the game casually yeah no i think i i think that's true um that midwinter deck uh had Ubis, had Mers both at level four, had Giovanna yeah. level four. Um, it did abysmally bad. I could n barely break above 30% win rate. The but Magi. You had fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. But in comparison, the Magi played essentially the same deck. Um, and he played it to a peak of level, tw uh, of, of rank 12 in the Heroes League. <laughs> with an all level five version of it and i was all level fours i wasn't level threes and twos um but boy that level five spike for yeah. mers and for ubis especially but just for everything else that extra you know you are swimming against the current when you're playing level fours uh into level fives or or when you're playing level threes into level four whatever whatever the league you're in sure the the level disparity is a disadvantage it doesn't mean that you can't overcome it most of the time you can overcome it with better play or with sure. a lucky with a lucky matchup right like you just happened to have the counter for what your opponent is playing and your level disparity doesn't matter as much in that situation but it is a disadvantage. We don't want to sugarcoat that. No, no, 100%. Um, but so I'm worried then that as Sheepyard takes these positive steps forward with things like making new rules for matchmaking and, and introducing new bots that are designed to kind of help people who have level disparities. Mm-hmm. The incentive is always there to figure out how to take advantage of those new rules and those new bots from the entire player base, not just 
the subset of the player base that they're targeted towards. Yep. And so I just, I kind of wonder, are we going to be able to solve the quote unquote farming problem? And, and I, I want to, I want to use quote unquote here because there is definitely a farming problem. Sure. But, but I also want to put it into the mind of our listeners that not every base 20 with level five cards in platinum or even gold is a farmer. Yes, sure. There, there are many reasons why somebody with those levels could be in those leagues. Um, you could be intentionally keeping your rank low by conceding games in order mm-hmm. to beat your opponents easily and hit your gold cap. That's farming. You could be somebody who took a few months off from the game and you're just coming back to it a couple of ranks, a couple of leagues lower than you belong. And you're working your way back up. Yep. Uh, you could be somebody, honestly, that's just not as good at the game. Uh, you could be somebody who enjoys playing like just weird decks that don't particularly work well, but it's what you have fun doing. So, you know, good for you and keep that up. Um, there, there are definitely a lot of reasons why you could be in, in a lower league and not progressing progressing isn't the right word but but not elevating your rank because it's just not that enjoyable for you that's that's exactly quite right. possible uh, I, you know we did not have to deal with platinum this month right we because we were in the heroes league we got to reset to diamond but prior to this my experience in platinum was always it's very similar in terms of deck archetypes i see and levels of cards as diamond was yeah especially once you got up to like platinum two, like right it, it felt all the same it, it, there was no real difference between platinum two platinum one and diamond five diamond four actually diamond five was often easier because people at people the were floor yeah would just goof off and, and play weird stuff for fun because they yeah. weren't trying to climb um and and there's no rule saying that you're a diamond level player, you finished in diamond last month, you are obligated to get your butt out of platinum by the eighth of the month, right? right? You take a week off because you've got vacation, something's going on in your life, whatever it is, you don't come back to it until the 12th or 13th of the month. And you're like, man, now I've really got to go. I'm going to play my best deck, my all level five deck and just get through platinum ASAP. And some dude who's for the first time ever making it to platinum from gold says, this is fantastic. (gasps) What am I cute into? (laughs) Right? Like, so, so I I just kind of want to have it out there that, that not everybody you queue into base 20, all level five cards is a farmer. But at the same time, I also want it on the table that that's still a terrible experience (laughs) from a gamer. (laughs) From both sides. From both right? sides. From both sides. Right. You know, when, when I queue up into a game, I don't want to play against a bot. I don't want to play somebody that I out-level by two levels. That's not fun for me. I'm looking for an enjoyable game where I have to actually put some thought and some strategy into it. Mm-hmm. On the other side, if I'm fighting somebody who's two levels higher than me, it, I know that I, the game is over before it's begun. I, 
I can win. I've certainly taken some of those games in the past on my way up when I got out leveled like that, but it wasn't every time. No, <laughs> it, no. It, it was maybe 20% of the time. It felt great when it happened but it didn't happen often enough that you felt great queuing into it, right? Like exactly. You exactly. see it and you're just like, oh God, no. You see it and you're like, God, this is so much work that I'm going to have to put into it, so much thought that I'm going to have to put into it, and almost certainly it doesn't matter. But, but I, I see how many people are talking about it and, and complaining about it, rightfully so. And I also see simultaneously that you and I are queuing into bots. We have longer queue times than I think we would say is ideal, although mm. today it's been great. I don't know why. I just got really lucky. I pressed the button and I thought I was queued right into like I challenged CPU. It's like right away. I was like, oh, okay, who's this? Um, but in general, the, the queue times are long. Getting these level disparities fixed somehow so that I can queue into a base health 20 all level five deck more often and not face bots. Meanwhile, those players who are base 15 16 level threes maybe a four or two they're queuing into each other that seems ideal the question is just how do we get from here to there in a way that doesn't punish for example the i don't know you want to make a number up two percent of the player base that leave for a couple of months and then hear the great news of what Sheepyard's doing and says well this is great i want to get back to it Right, we don't want to punish them as soon as they come in and say, "Well, right. you don't get to do anything but play bots for the first two months until you get up to Heroes League." No, that that's not enjoyable experience either. Right. So, so how does this get solved in a way that like kind of keeps everybody happy? I don't know that we have the answers, but I also don't necessarily think that it's a snap your fingers and fix it kind of solution. Then, um, this is something that 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 is going to take some time and effort. If I'm going, it, it, I'm going to hold off on this. I'll ask you, what do you think is the biggest factor driving this sort of frustration? Oh, it, it's almost certainly, you, you talk about turnover mm -hmm. and that's certainly a factor. Some of the player base definitely leaves and comes back. You're always having new players come in to replace the ones that don't come back. But most of the problem, I suspect, is due to people actually farming and okay. stay, intentionally staying at low levels. And like we talked about before, that, that just comes down to resource generation in the economy. It's, mm. it's a self-centered sort of point of view, right? It's the, mm. I am maximizing my collection. I'm not interacting with the game in the way that it was intended to be interacted with. And as okay. a result of that, you know, I'm making the player experience worse for, for me and for my opponents, but at least I'm leveling up my collection as quickly as I can when I do it that way. Um, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that farmers are bad people or, or, you know, be crazy generic, and stereotypical like that uh, i think that um there is i'm sure a handful of people that do it maliciously because they like to just mess with other people hopefully not too many i think most of it is really just like this is how i feel the game is asking me to behave so right. this is how i'm doing it 
and the people who have a bad experience on the other side of the board, well, it, it stinks for them. I think if I got started in this game and really struggled with the level disparities for, let's say, three months, mm-hmm. and then it went away, I would have been, okay, that was rough. But I made it through it. It feels better now. Because you and I had the Discord relationship early on and we met some fantastic people, shout out to Reckless, shout out to our our dear friend Arthas, uh, people who took us under their wing and coached us and gave us insights on how skill can help overcome some of it. I think we were able to tolerate the level disparity longer to get to kind of where we're at now. Let's also point out you and I are more stubborn than most (laughs) and we do not learn quickly. (laughs) If we learned, we would have just walked away. Um, But I think in general, part of like, to your point about the economy, here's a, here's ideally ignore the game. But if you mainline a game for 12 months, if you're like, this is my game, I'm going to get good at it. I'm going to go and push and be the best I can at Mm -hmm. this game, whatever the game is. After 12 months, should you be able to compete at the highest level of that game if that's been your focus for the year? Absolutely. I don't know that that's possible in this game. The economy is such that you'll be very good after a year. But like, for example, Real and Quok were both playing Shadowfen Bragda decks on the last day. That's not what they were playing all season long. They adjusted, they switched back and forth from Winter to IC to Shadowfen as needed to counter what they were running into. They have the ability to play level five decks in three, probably all four of the factions. They just didn't choose Swarm because it's not a great Swarm meta right now. Um, But you after a year in this game cannot be all the way at the top. Now I haven't tried to be right. I don't think you have, we're, we're both sort of in between. We're casual players who play every day. We don't, I mean, when was the last time you hit your gold cap? Six months ago, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I've only hit the, I've probably hit the gold cap less than a dozen times all told. I I hit it when I stream. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll stream two to three hours at a time and the rest of the time. Yeah. It doesn't happen for me either. Maybe, maybe once or twice max. So the point that I'm trying to get here is just that it feels like a lot of these disparities are tolerable in the short term, but not, but asking somebody to go through six months to a year of it and still not be through is a heavy lift. Yeah. It's a very heavy lift. And if we're ever going to try to fix the farming behavior, trying to just incentivize by dangling a bigger carrot doesn't ever solve the problems of, well, what about the people returning to the game? Or what about the people who simply, they don't want to play meta decks. They just refuse. They're hipsters. They won't play a meta deck. So they will be very strong and have an easy time through gold. They'll hit platinum and then they start running into meta decks and it's just, it's not winnable. 
for them. They they can never break into diamond, so they will always reset back to sure. gold because of their love of obscure, bizarre, I don't know, night-themed decks. Avian Stalkers has to go in every deck you play. Exactly. Whatever it is. And, and that's not a wrong way to play the game. But the net result of you loving that style of play means that you are a level five deck beating up on people in gold. So how do we ever get to a point where, you know, it's not just the farmers, but it's everybody else who's level five down there. Mm -hmm. I think the only way to ever solve this is to make it easier to get to the max level cards. Like the economy has to get fixed for this to ever be a real fix, right? Or, it, or either, is that just me being selfish? No, it's either less gold required to move your collection, fewer copies, more rewards given instead. I think that Sheepyard recognizes that this <laughs> is a problem and has taken some small steps toward trying to fix it, right? Like the the daily rewards for logging in, uh, the quests do more now than they used to, right? Your your tier one quest used to be a hundred gold, not one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Um, the uh, you can now purchase in the shop additional resources much more efficiently than you could in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your options for resources were a twenty, a fifty, and a hundred dollar one time offer, and that was and it. or buy rubies. At a terrible right. conversion a rate, terrible conversion right rate. now, at least the premium pass is a very efficient way to spend your money. Uh, the sales, like the one we just had around Easter, very efficient way to spend your money to accumulate resources. It's not a requirement that you spend money on the game by any stretch, but at least it does help to shorten that grind. But I'd like to see other ways that don't involve using the credit card. Right. Look, at the end of the day, I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not upset about a single dollar I've spent. I believe Sheepyard and even before then Paladin earned the money that they got from me. However, the experience of queue times and, and, and waiting f- to get into the game, those things are never going to go away unless there's a, 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 a clear path for, uh, uh, you know, F2P players to be competing at the same level. Right. It, it just, it just, it, it has to happen soon. Um, okay. I think, I think we've talked about this as, as well as we can for the time being, we're not going to solve this problem ourselves. Nope. Um, I really hope this gets solved. However, cause I, I do love, I, I, it's funny how much fun I'm having again with the game, with this heroes league thing going on now. It's just kind of like, brought it back to, to kind of a, a fresh start for me. I'm really enjoying it. Um, so moving on from there, then uh, the next thing we have is our card of the week. This one comes from taco. He wanted to talk about boomstick officers. <laughs> he really wanted to talk about boomstick officers. Okay. Let's talk about boomstick. So Michael, can you give me the stats on boomstick officers? Please? Boomstick officers, a six mana neutral rare card mm-hmm. that's how you know it's good because it's a rare. oh it's rare okay strength is five six seven eight ten from levels one to five one movement and the effect is where the card really shines that's a word on play <laughs> deal 
three, four, five, six, seven damage to a random random enemy behind. Mm. So in order to use this card, you have to have your front past your opponent's unit, mm-hmm. and then you can put down the boomstick officers and hit one of the units in the column behind it while simultaneously advancing your front further. <laughs> Look at that. That's a tempo play right there. You remove that... something and you advance your front with a decent sized body. You know, up to 10 strength for six mana. Yeah. It's that's um it's right. it's something. I tried. Um so why is this card terrible? I think it really comes down to something we've talked about in the past with other terrible cards, right? Like mechanical workers, um, Mm -hmm. elite summoners, anything with a positional effect where the requirements are so strict like that. It's it's not flexible. It's a very situational card. And when you have it in your hand and you are in that situation, it's going to feel great. But that situation just doesn't come up often enough where i have front and my enemy has my opponent has a unit that's seven strength that they advance to my baseline but let my other units go through um or i have a ton of mana so i can i can play something that moves two on one side of the board and then clear the one unit my enemy has like it it just doesn't come up frequently enough to make it worthwhile by any stretch the it, it, i guess we should mention that it, it, it's a random enemy so it could also be a tower <laughs> like your opponent randomly decides to stick a tower on well column three or, or sorry row three or or maybe actually maybe it's an unstable when it, your opponent has a column of units mm-hmm. and you have front past that column the game's over one way or another which one of those units you hit with your boomstick officers is irrelevant because <laughs> you have two or three units bearing down upon your base, apparently. Yeah. Well, so, right. So, you know, when I look at the strength on it, for example, uh, a 10 health, one movement, that's harvesters. That's that's five mana. Sure. Uh if I look at the damage it provides of seven damage to a random enemy behind, ooh. it's worth a mana. Sure. Like, is it, is it, is it more value than you get out of harvesters? I did not say that. I just okay. said it's worth one mana. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, like, right. It's, if you think about it in terms of like fell flares, right? Like fell flares is three mana, okay. two strength body. Mm-hmm. So you're you're losing like four strength in order to do seven damage, and it's not played very much because no. you take such a tempo loss from the body, and it's situationally useful, but not all the time useful. It's it's right. It's the one nice thing about it is that like, um you can play it on your second row. Yes. So it can take a defensive stance and clear a unit on your baseline. Fell flare strength. Yeah. Yes. This can't yeah. do that. No, because this, this is like moves out of right. the way after exactly. it does that. Right, exactly. This is like you want to half play defense and half 
play offense with the same card. When does that ever like I trying to figure out the situation where this is ideal to me is so difficult. That's that's the part of this that I struggle with. It's just why would you ever want to do that? If I want to if I want to move forward past your front, it's because I think I can out aggression you. If I'm doing that, I want to be as far forward as possible. I don't care where your units are. I'll play it two rows ahead. And then this gets no value, right? I just, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm trying to dis- design in my head a board state where this is like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. I... So think of it, um, you know, the old reckless rush used to have hysteria okay. in it when hysteria was two mana. Yep. And sometimes you would use hysteria offensively to put some damage into the opponent's base, but sometimes you would use it defensively. Oh yeah. Cause yeah. you're trying to outrush your opponent. Mm-hmm. You want something to just be able to clear two of their units on your baseline. Now, all of a sudden, I'm not going to die, but I still have a lot of pressure. Yes. This can do that. No. Be- well, the requirement isn't immediately behind. Uh, Wait. It's, en- it's anywhere <gasps> behind, not immediately it's- behind. Are you sure? I don't know. Shoot. I've never it, actually played the card, but no that's way. how I no, read no, it. No, yeah, no, 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 it can no, shoot no. across the board is my... No. It doesn't say bordering. It doesn't <gasps> say surrounding. It says behind. Oh my God. I have been assuming all this time that the boomstick officers will only shoot something that is like surrounding behind you. And you're telling me that this could shoot all the way to my baseline? And pressure your opponent while playing a modicum of defense or it could just randomly shoot a toad with that being said (laughs) it's still a terrible card still a terrible card (laughs) because you have like you said you have no control over what in the column it hits and also for six mana you'd rather just play multiple units that pressure more like you'd even rather just play hysteria and clear two units yes and west wind like that's better that's use better. of your six mana oh yeah but it's not now, just that it's better use of my six mana it's that those are both more likely to find use cases throughout the course of a day's playing on ladder they are both more flexible yes this is not flexible this is the positional requirements are such that everything has to be lined up exactly right for it like <sighs> What yeah. if what if you have a what if you have a unit in your opponent's corner on the baseline and you think to yourself, mm-hmm. okay, I can protect that with my boomstick officers, put that next to it. Now I have two units on the baseline. Right, but there's I'm gonna hold to my shoot. front. But the but the unit I want to shoot is in the same column as my unit, right? Now right. either I have to play defense and not put any additional pressure on my opponent or play offense and not get the value of the card, right? Like now it's not doing what it's meant to do. It's just so strict and so difficult to fulfill. It's just not going to work. Yeah. No, I agree. You could just change this to seven damage to the strongest unit behind, and it still wouldn't see any play. Like even if you could shoot anywhere on the board behind it, it's, it's better. I, I, I'd honestly experiment with it at that point, right? It's a big body. 
it moves, it removes something from the board while it puts pressure on your opponent. Like that's, that's good enough. You can work with it, huh. but it, I'll tell you what, if this just had Felflare's ability, I'd probably play it. Felflare's plus, we'd have to change it to a Frostling though. Right, that would be well, like okay. yeah. Felflare's, yeah, so... Void Surger's, Great Stick Officer's. But, but if that's what it did, if it just did like a random surrounding enemy, I would say that's actually probably pretty good. Right? Yeah. No, it'd no. be okay. <laughs> it'd be okay. <laughs> that's the random surrounding is always a little weird when there is movement, mm. right? Like, like fell flares and void surges do exactly what you expect them to do. This right. would then like maybe maybe hit the unit it is supposed to trade into. You got to like put that fifty fifty down. It's gonna. It it's ends not, up. It's certainly not as good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I agree. All right. Well, I think that's going to end the main portion of this episode, uh, which means it's time for me to remind you all to please contact us, preferably in our channel on the Stormbound Discord server or on Twitter at BroodSages. Uh, you can also email us at thebroodsages at gmail.com. Now, we also have an additional way for you to reach out and support us. We started just a little while ago a Gumroad account where you can become patrons of our work. You can check that link out in our Stormbound Kitty page. Uh, we did not hear from anyone, Sabaiku, uh, this past week. Um, I know there was the Easter break and a lot of people were busy, uh, kind of focused on the end of the Heroes League. So uh, we have no user comments to discuss this week. So that's just going to do it for this episode. Uh, for Sabaiku, I am Freeloader. We are the Brood Sages reminding you to please stay hydrated.